another episode of The Conspiracy Skeptic. I'm your Conspiracy Skeptic, Carl Namer, and with me is my guest. Uh, I'm going to have to get you. Uh, people know you as maybe Parrot on the SGU board, but I'm going to have to get you to pronounce your last name what's your, or your, your name. What's, what's, what's your real name? Uh, my name is uh, Gurmuk Mungia, um, but uh, you know, it's, uh, I know it's difficult to pronounce, so you can, uh, you can call me uh, uh, Germ or, uh, or just Dumbass because that's the name I go by on my blog. Okay. Germ, sure, right. Yeah. So, yeah, right. so you, you do a blog called the Dumbass Guide to Knowledge. The Dumbass's Guide to Knowledge, yes. Oh, okay. And, and you've sort of started a podcast recently, right? Yeah. I thought I'd uh, take uh, some of my, um, the, the articles I've written for my blog and start putting them out in podcast form. Okay, cool. And and as I sort of hinted, you're you're kind of a regular on the the Skeptics Guide board. Ah, uh, yes, I, I do uh, go there um, uh, fairly often. You dabble, you dabble. I do, yeah. <laughs> cool. And uh, and where 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 do you live? Um, uh, I live in uh, Ontario, uh, in Canada. Uh, I'm a Canadian, like you. Oh, cool. Okay, and you're you're, you're you, uh, we can say the city you live in. Um, yeah, it's uh, London. Okay, cool. Yeah, how, how's the snow there? We're, we're recording this December thirteenth. So for people who are, you know, for people who are, you know, in the in the distant future who are listening, <laughs> you know, in the year twenty fifty to this podcast, and, and uh, you know, this, this is the when Carl Mamer slaughtered everybody in the House of Commons. This is the episode that caused him to do it. But um, right, so it, we're recording this December thirteenth, and it's it's. There's been a lot of snow in in our area of the world. How, how's the snow down there in London? Oh well, yeah, we got we got hit pretty hard. Uh, my understanding was that it pretty much hovered over us uh, for quite a while, uh, and uh, we uh, we've got uh, these really big snow banks around here. So, and um, most of the city, uh, you know, a lot of places were closed down uh, for a few days. So, all right. You know, I, I my boyhood, I grew up in Montreal, and uh, and the snow banks get pretty high. I mean, I was small, so I'm sure they looked like gigantic, you know, so like the, you know, gigantic towers of, uh, of snow. But I mean, maybe they were six feet. But um, every winter in grade school, you always got the warning that uh, you know not to sort of like build little forts in the sort of the snow banks along the sides of the the, the road because the you know the big auger snow clearing trucks would come by and and you know if there's a kid sort of in a little fort in that the kid will get obviously eaten up by the machine and so they'd always well, or of, or their little snow fort entrance will get buried and they'll have a hard time digging out i suppose well that's the yeah that's true too and but the the you know the 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 cautionary tale we always got was about some sort of child who you know and the only thing they ever found was his tattered scarf which which was really pretty horrifying to a kid, but now they think back about it, I'm like, well, wait, wouldn't there just be this shower of like blood and bone coming out of the you know the top of the the snow clearing machine? Like, <laughs> wouldn't they find more than just a tattered scarf, like hair and blood? And oh yeah, you'd think so. That there'd be some remnants of the body. I- I've never personally heard that one myself. Oh, well, that was the cautionary tale we always got in Montreal. I don't know. 
Quebecois, they're 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 a little cruel, but uh, wow. Anyway, so uh, so it, I guess we could uh, see. Uh, I, I, maybe I'll ask you the Korean questions. Uh, how, how old are you? I'm thirty-three. Thirty-three. Okay. Uh, are are you married? Yes. Okay. Cool. How long have you been married? Um. Actually, uh, we're, uh, we we just got married. So. Oh, that's so nice. Cool. Yep. Okay. And uh, what 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 do you do for a living? When you're not when you're, and, not, when you're not being a dumbass. <laughs> I'm a web programmer. Oh, okay, cool. All right then. And uh, are you are you like self-employed? Or any any yeah, services yeah, so, you want to? Any services you want to sell? Oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm self-employed. I uh, well, I do a lot of uh, stuff freelance. I um, uh, if anybody's uh, looking to get uh, web applications or websites designed, sure, give me a, give me a call. Oh, or right. um, uh, any uh, any online writing, I do that too. A uh, little uh, freelance writing. Okay, cool. All right. And uh, what's your what's your what's your what's your favorite conspiracy? Well, um, you we we talked about uh, uh, what what happened here. Now, um, uh, you asked me to be on the show because of this. Uh, I, at the time, it was uh, several months ago. I think back in July. Yeah, probably. I, when it was warmer. Um, uh, and. Um, uh, you were you were on the SGU boards uh, talking. I, I forget what uh, what, uh, what you linked to. It had something to do uh, with the uh, ancient alien theory, right, and yes. uh, and I had written a couple articles about uh, the ancient alien theory at the time. I had come across this um, television show called uh, Ancient Aliens on the History Channel, and uh, I, I thought, wow, this will make great material for my blog. And I had written a couple articles uh, sequentially analyzing the claims in the Ancient Aliens show. And uh, uh, because of your post, I, I uh, said, hey, I've, I've written these articles. Take a look at them. And uh, right after that, you said, hey, want to be on uh, my podcast? And I'm like, well, oh, sure. I, uh, <laughs> at first, I, I wasn't even sure at first. I, I was a little surprised because I didn't think of it at first as a conspiracy theory. Um, I kind of thought that... Uh, most people who believed in uh, ancient aliens kind of just uh, thought uh, that uh, uh, everybody else had their heads up their asses or something, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so uh, I, I was a little, uh, a little bit uh, surprised about that. But uh, once I uh, once I got researching, I, I researched uh, a bit of other stuff on it too. And yeah, th- this really is a conspiracy theory. Yeah. I mean, um, I've I've got right here uh, from this uh, this website. Uh, claiming that uh, all about uh, the connection between the Bible and UFOs thing, uh, and they've got uh, these uh, this this long screed on there. The church is hiding it. The experts are hiding it. The government is hiding it. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, yeah, yeah, it's a conspiracy. Yeah, they've got this long screed on it. The archaeological field is in possession of direct evidence of advanced technology and beings in the remnants of ancient cultures. They don't declare it as evil, just unknown. The fact that these objects could not possibly have been made by the cultures they represent goes unmentioned. This reality is mirrored in many of the world's ancient writings. The field of anthropology is silent on the written evidence, veiling it in myth and legend. Our history is incomplete without a clear understanding of our ancestors, that that our ancestors were in direct contact with a race of advanced beings, things like that. And um, you know, I think uh, I think they uh, they hold less of their ire for for the archaeolo- archaeologists than they do for the church and the government. Right. But I mean, it, it is a conspiracy. People think that uh, these things are being hidden on and people, kind of actively suppressed by sort of the uh, the uh, the academic community, mostly like the you know the 
traditional archaeologists who are just trying to protect their, uh, you know, their grants and their domain, you know, their, their little departments and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, uh, uh, I guess uh, everybody's against them. I guess uh, this uh, comes all out of, of course, the uh, the idea that uh, um, the government today is suppressing uh, alien visitations today, um, which, uh, you know, it, well, it's two different claims, actually, though. Um, I tell people if I'm if I'm debating them on uh, on aliens that, uh, you know, OK, you can you can say that aliens exist and are visiting us today all you want. I'll even, uh, you know, give you that for the purpose of the conversation. Uh, whether they uh, uh, visited us in the past is a completely different question, right? Right. So, um, yeah, uh, it, it comes out of that, but it is a completely different question uh, that uh, needs to be uh, analyzed separately. Right, right. Now, now a lot of this, um, um, this kind of comes out of the Eric – was it Eric von Daiken? Dan- Eric von Daniken, yeah. Right, I've, right. Uh, there, there's actually a, a whole history – uh, involved uh, in this, um, actually starting from the 1800s, uh, uh, when um, they started to first uh, speculate about uh, life on other planets, even the moon, okay, and things like that. Um, first of all, I, I think you might be interested in this. I found uh, this is interesting. Uh, a little quiz. Um, it's uh, 11 hints that you might be descended from aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Lay it on me. Yeah, all right. All right. Now, I came up – I've got a score of four on this. Oh, no. Yeah, my wife has a score of seven, and uh, I'm watching her for signs that she's signaling the mothership. So. <laughs> think, um, I mean, think about what were the odds you would even meet in the first place and then get married? You know what I mean? I mean, the odds are so incalculable. It has to be some sort of you know, <laughs> act, act by a, you know, a greater presence. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of uh, greater presence, uh, uh, just the last um, the last uh, Skeptics Guide po- podcast, uh, the, uh, uh, Philip Coppins, a well-known uh, alien guy, was in that, and I know Philip Coppins because I've been analyzing uh, this ancient alien show. He's in it uh, uh, frequently, and uh, he came out uh, with uh, with a claim of a new crystal skull. Oh yes, yes, which yes. Is, and I'm and I'm pretty certain. That that's absolute evidence of divine intervention in uh, our getting together here today. This is true. It's good. It's that, good that's absolute proof. You can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> so what what are the what are the eleven eleven signs? Well, okay. Um, this is uh, the claim is that aliens interbred with our ancestors more than eight thousand years ago. Um, and uh, this is a claim by somebody called uh, an anthropologist named Henry Noblet. Or perhaps Henri Noblet, who knows? Right. But um, this—it's—it's um, it's a guide to see uh, if uh, if you might have uh, uh, alien ancestors uh, in, in your genes. Uh, he says that uh, there are people who are better than sixty percent alien living among us right now, um, and all this stuff. Um, I tried looking up Mister Noblet uh, on the internet. I can't find much uh, information about him. But I'm sure he exists because, you know, they wouldn't have been able to talk about him if he didn't, right? Right, yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, first uh, first sign, um, eye color is usually green or hazel, and the eyes are set wide apart in the head. All right, no. No, that doesn't – okay. Uh, number two, feet tend to be small and narrow. Toes are apt to be longer than most people feel is normal. I have unusually wide feet, so no. Okay. Uh, number three, 
ears are larger than average and set close to the head. No, no, I've got I've got very noticeable earlobes, so no. Okay. Uh, number four, hands and fingers are long and slender. Nails tend to be perfectly formed but fragile. No, uh, well, I had a girlfriend who described my fingers as looking like little sausages, so, <laughs> so no. No? Okay. Facial features are usually delicate but sometimes appear to be sharply chiseled. No one's ever described me as being sharply chiseled, so no. <laughs> In addition to that, uh, the, an- another sign might be uh, lips are either fuller than average or unusually thin. <laughs> I, I maybe have slightly fuller lips. Okay, so. right. <laughs> All right, so we'll, we'll give you one. All right. All right. Uh, number six: hips are fuller than average. In women, breasts are small for build. So, so I, I missed that one. Hips are what? Hips are fuller than average to downright wide. Oh, no. My, I, I've got really huge thighs, but I don't think my hips are unusual. Okay. Was that, is that uh, the next one? Thighs? Big thighs? No. Um, no the next one, no, number seven, is hair tends to be red or blonde, but hair color alone does not prove alien ancestry. It's, I don't know why they put that in, as though any of the rest of them alone prove alien ancestry, maybe. I don't know. Okay, all right. Yeah, my, my hair is fairer, yes. Okay. All right, so you got two now. All right, yeah, right. Ding! Okay. Um, and number eight, body build is small to average. Up, 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 small. Yeah, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm the kind of, kind of, what's that? Uh, uh, body build is small to average. Bones are usually weak. Uh... I don't want my bones being weak, but yeah, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a little person, so five. Seven, All right, we'll give so. we'll give you three now. All right, and, and I, now okay, these last three, these are the ones that that really got me. It's these last ones. It's like they're looking into my soul. Okay, right? um, the behavior aspects they say are important clues. Uh, Number nine, dreamers, the aliens who traveled to Earth long ago were certainly visionaries, and this is reflected in their descendants today. It's like. Oh yeah. my God! I am a dreamer. Yeah, exactly. Who, yeah, who isn't right? <laughs> other, other than my boss, who isn't? Number ten, smart. They have the ability to si- ability to size up situations quickly. They are also highly adaptable and often change plans in midstream. Mm, I, not, probably not me. I, I like to s- do a plan and stay stay with it. So yeah, I don't think that describes <laughs> yeah. me very well. And number 11, independent. They can survive without the help of others and are sometimes considered to be loners. Wow. There's nothing there about breathing ammonia gas or anything like that? No, you'd, you'd think that would be a sign, wouldn't you? Uh, I know. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, I could definitely be a loner. I can definitely survive on my own, but but not on ammonia. I just want to stress that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so you've come up with, uh, what was it, five? Yeah, let's go with five. Uh, I'm borderline. <laughs> right. So there you go. Those are the signs that uh, you might be descended from aliens from 8,000 years ago. Wow. And, and that is actually kind of like the hypothesis, right? That that uh, that at, at some point, you know, our ancestors were just kind of, you know, dumb apes and then the, the whole hypothesis is that that at some point the aliens came and they interbred with us and created you know, homo sapiens right 
yeah, that's the, the one of the hypotheses out there. Um, actually, there's um, there's a lot of there's a lot of different uh, ancient alien hypotheses. I guess the main uh, the main one is that the aliens bred with us, but uh, there there are different uh, variations and different people who believe in ancient aliens actually believe in a lot of different things. Right, right, and yes. It's, it's something that uh, proponents of ancient aliens have actually uh, uh, remarked on about uh, how much uh, how much is uh, how, how many different theories are out there. And um, I've even heard some people complain that uh, us mean old skeptics, you know, um, uh, are often uh, challenging people on stuff they don't even believe and things like that. <laughs> you know, one of the ancient alien episodes, they were, you know, they were sort of talking about, um, you know, you know, the space aliens were breeding with us and back when, you know, they were like, uh, you know, um, Neanderthals. But then they then they sort of leap off on a whole other tangent and start claiming that, you know, DNA could have never just evolved. And therefore, the space aliens had to evolve, like, create our DNA for us. But I'm going, well, wait, these are two completely incompatible, you know, hypotheses. That one that, <laughs> that you know, that, that the space aliens just created us from the very beginning, like, like, from simple cells to you know, and the other one being that they they just sort of interbred with exist. They came here, found existing you know hominids, and interbred with us. And, and but they hold these two to be equally true. Do you do you find this in this whole? Well, they mentioning each other about their pet hypotheses. Um, they a lot of them are kind of a like live and let live. You know. Uh, we we know that something is happening out there because of all this evidence. Uh, wh- whatever you know, people uh, might come to different conclusions, but we're just doing research on it. I think is their uh, is their main thing. We, you know, I, I guess they figure they they think they're they're kind of like actual scientists who come up with um, and they're coming up with uh, you know these um, theories and uh, they're testing them out or whatever. But you know, they they never really do just have pure speculation, really. Right, right. So it's kind of, it's kind of like the you know the the big the big tent thing for creationists. It's like, you know, academia is wrong, but but we won't fight with each other about you know, even though that our our, our both our ideas are you know, mutually incompatible. You know, let's first just take down academia and their you know stodgy old beliefs. Right, right. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, um, the the history is uh, pretty fascinating about this because um. Uh, speculation, of course, began in the uh, 1800s. Um, uh, you know, that's when uh, a lot of new scientific stuff was coming out. And um, there was actually a famous uh, newspaper hoax uh, of the 1800s uh, claiming that this uh, new kind of telescope had found um, unicorns, beaver people, and man bats on the moon. <laughs> yeah, it ran for a little while. And uh, that was pretty interesting. That, that's when people like really started uh, thinking about uh, uh, our place in the universe and uh, whether there were actually uh, anybody else out there. Right. Um, and uh, there's um, uh, I think um, from my research, uh, maybe the first person to uh, to hypothesize about ancient uh, vi- about aliens visiting uh, humans in the ancient past came from Charles Fort. Um, For the fourteen times guy, right? Yeah, yeah, the guy who started it all. Um, he, um, uh, he uh, there's a reference to a manuscript manuscript that uh, he wrote uh, back in 1915, um, which um, you know there it, which uh, no longer exists. But uh, 
there, uh, he came up with in that manuscript uh, what we now call uh, the zoo hypothesis, which is the idea that uh, all life on Earth was seeded here by aliens for some uh, for some purpose to, for study or or something else. And there's a quote from that uh, manuscript that we have that survives, which goes, "The Earth is a farm. We are somebody else's property." <laughs> What was that? What was that song? We'll make great pets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I found our closing music. But um, <laughs> so, um, what did I say? Um, you know, like a long time ago, right? When uh, you know European explorers started like in, uh, exploring Africa, you know, they they sort of they sort of assumed like you know Africans were you know. Uh, sort of less evolved people and stuff like this, but but they kept encountering. I mean, obviously the pyramids, but they would were sort of encountering examples of like you know very high civilization and and a lot of times their 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 first sort of explanation was oh well obviously some you know Europeans got here ahead of us and just you know built those cities and did that art and stuff like that and so you know the uh, you know Eric von Daniken is that what that's Daniken. Daniken. Yeah, Daniken. Like, like a lot of people when he came up with this whole, you know, ancient aliens sort of idea. Like that's what it sort of struck people as. It's kind of a it's sort of updated version because, uh, 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 you know, he never sort of talks about well the space aliens built the Eiffel Tower. It's always, you know, these 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 third world cultures. Aliens must have built their pyramids, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's a there's a lot of accusation in that about uh, uh, you know kind of uh, maybe a, a low level of racism in that or something. Right. Um, I'm not sure um, uh, exactly uh, how how far that goes. I think um, a lot of it out there um, th- there is a there is a little bit of that because uh, I, I often marvel about uh, how uh, some of these um, these accomplishments are similar to stuff like that uh, the Romans accomplished, but. Right. Um, Few people uh, uh, try to uh, uh, say that the Romans had uh, alien help. Uh, a lot of that is probably because we have a lot of written records from the Romans, and you'd think that uh, if they'd been visited by aliens, they'd have remarked on it somewhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think far more than uh, than the um, than uh, just putting down other cultures. It's a lot uh, a lot more um, the case a lot of the time that. Uh, um, they're instead of thinking that uh, ancient people were stupid, they kind of instead of underestimating the intelligence of ancient people, they kind of more overestimate their own intelligence. Oh, right. Yes, they say okay. to themselves, I-, "I can't figure out how this could have been done," so they probably couldn't either. Right. Yes. Yeah. Argument from ignorance, kind of, kind right. of thing. Wow. So, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, Eric von Daniken, he's the he's the most uh, famous proponent of this. He came out with his book in 1968. Um, but, uh, there, there was, uh, stuff, uh, starting, um, starting, uh, from, it started picking up popularity back in, uh, 1947 when, uh, um, when that pilot, Kenneth Arnold, uh, was misquoted as seeing flying saucers. Right. And, uh, you know, then suddenly, uh, everybody started seeing them and, uh, that's when, uh, the whole ball got rolling on that and, uh, uh, culminating in 1968 was Eric von Daniken really. Um, taking a lot of this stuff and uh, putting it into into his book there, and um, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, got a whole lot of uh, lo- whole lot of claims in there. I've uh, looked at a few of them. Um, 
What do you define as the most preposterous of his claims? <laughs> the most preposterous? Well, the most preposterous would have to be that uh, that fraud that he did where uh, uh, he actually uh, painted – well, he didn't paint it himself, but he got uh, – he, he hired some guy to make pottery, uh, ancient-style pottery, and paint uh, uh, UFOs on them. Oh, jeez, really? I, I never heard about that one. Oh, you, you haven't heard about that one? No, oh, it's funny. no. He he um he uh he was actually caught at it uh, by uh, a team from Nova, I believe, and uh, that when when they confronted him on it, he was like, "Okay, yeah, I did it. I I just you know, uh, I needed to provide evidence, or else people wouldn't believe me." Right. Yeah. <laughs> which, which of course that's uh, completely true. Right, yeah. And, and I think it pretty much shows that uh, he's acknowledging that he didn't really didn't have any good evidence. Right. There seems in the UFO community, there's almost like um. People do that. They're, you know, they they know somebody out there has the evidence. They're just afraid to come forward. So they think if they if they hoax similar evidence, then then the people who really have the evidence they'll they'll feel okay to come forward. You know, and and that you know that seems to be. But I'm sure you know you know Erfan Dynakin. I think he's just trying to make money, right? I don't think he's really really thinking. Wow, there's professors out there who have the evidence. Well, yeah, Eric Eric von Dynakin has. Um has uh, on a couple of occasions, I think, admitting that some of the stuff that he's written uh, um, hasn't, uh, you know, doesn't really stand up. Uh, he's got, uh, he's, um, well, uh, at one point, uh, he there's, there's this uh, iron pillar in uh, India that he wrote about in Delhi, uh, okay. which he said was over 4,000 years old and uh, you know, made of some sort of uh, mysterious alloy. When really it's only uh, sixteen hundred years old, and uh, it's um, you know alloy is well known and everything, and nothing really mysterious about it at all. And at, at one point, I understand he said, "I think we can forget about uh, these iron pillar things." He kind of admitted that that uh, that there there's not much there, but uh, he he never um, really updates his work or anything in order to uh, take that out or admit that he was wrong in his books. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Even when he's sort of like. Yeah, right. You're confronted with the evidence and show, no, no, no. This is, yeah, yeah. This is this is how it's done. He'll go, mm-hmm. yeah. They don't really ever kind of admit they're they're wrong. They just they don't retract. They just sort of leave that out there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they, uh, I, I noticed that they they, they like to just uh, they try to move on uh, move on to the next thing that that uh, they can. Uh, Yes, exactly. Get you at. Yeah. And, and, and more often than not, after they sort of exhausted their list, they'll go back to the beginning again, right? As if you just never <laughs> even talked about it before. Yeah, they, 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 they're they kind of immune to correction in a lot of cases. Um, I mean, uh, it's a it's kind of thing, you know, like uh, whenever I'm, uh, I try to debate anybody like that, I try to get them to stick to one topic. Until uh, we've uh, hashed it out, and they'll and they'll they'll either uh, admit that I have a point on that or uh, uh, whatever. But you know, I don't want uh, people just going off onto other topics when we haven't uh, uh, gone through exact uh, everything about uh, the topic we're talking about. Now, now, sort of recently, I mean, some someone's also taken up the uh, this whole ancient aliens thing and. Uh, there's you see Greek guy. He's got what's what's his name? Uh, he, he's he's kind of the main the main go to guy on this this History Channel ancient ancient alien series. Oh, are you talking about uh, Giorgio Tukalos? Yes, yes, that guy, right? Yes, very. Oh, he, uh, he's great. 
Yeah. <laughs> He's well-dressed and really kind of swarthy and wonderful hair. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and there, there's, 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 yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing that to him that is not evidence of, you know, the ancient aliens. Oh yeah. He's, um, uh, he he. One thing he loves, uh, he loves the uh, the ancient uh, stories, like anything like from the Bible or or any other um, uh, ancient religious documents or stuff. He'll he'll take them and find find things in them that look like they kind of might uh, fit with the alien hypothesis, you know. And he'll take he'll take those little things and he'll just ignore everything else and uh, put this up as uh, as evidence that. Uh, um, aliens uh, ex- visited these ancient people. Right, right. Now, uh, Michael, God, I saw that guy, Michael Cremo. I don't know if you've in- encountered him on on the show. I- I've I've seen him a couple times. He's he's not quite as famous, but he's uh, he's like a uh, sort of Hare Krishna, and uh, he 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 wrote this book, Forbidden Archaeology, which is kind of part of the whole conspiracy that you know that 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 mainstream academia sort of burying this information but uh you know he the interesting thing about the uh you know the Hare krishnas and and sort of hindus and stuff is that they they kind of subscribe to like you know a universe that's like trillions of years old and uh you know humans have been around for like modern human beings like technologies and human beings have been around for like like an extremely long time like billions of years Have, have you encountered any of this I think I've uh, I've uh, read a little bit about it in passing, but you know, there, there's just so much stuff about uh, yeah. the uh, ancient alien stuff to to look at that uh, you know, um, every time I uh, I find more stuff, it's like more stuff to look up, really, you know. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> I mean, you can just you just look at any ancient you know fresco or you know pottery or something, and and there's something there you're gonna go, hey, that could be a space alien, like. Like they on the show, they had all these pictures that you know they look like they could be people in uh, in uh, you know in like spacesuits, like with like masks or something yeah, yeah. like that. And uh, so so they they sort of like sort of developed that look. These are people in spacesuits, like I guess walking around on you know Earth where they're supposedly breeding with humans, but they can't breathe their atmosphere. But then, you know, a few scenes later, they're talking about, you know, gray space aliens visiting Earth and UFOs and not wearing spacesuits. So it's like, how many aliens? Like, when did they gain the ability to breathe air and not, you know? Yeah, they they don't they they don't have any single coherent theory um, in order to explain any of this. They they can't they they have no idea why the why they think the aliens came, what they were doing. Um or, or anything like that. There, there's no. There, there. They pretty much got uh, uh, no story behind this except uh, all they uh, all they're trying to say is oh they they were there and uh, um they they're speculating wildly on uh, uh everything about why they were here and everything and which is why you've got so much uh, so so many different stories that it's hard to keep them straight. Right. Right. What um. What 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 is sort of a what what what's sort of their, their their sort of main line of argument for for this whole alien ancient alien hypothesis? Well, it, I think it depends on uh, on who you ask. Um, but um, uh, from the show, it's um, basically I think the the main thing they do is look for um, what they call. Um, 
Uparts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uparts. Uparts. Okay. Uh, those those are um. It, that's a, a word uh, coined uh, by um, a, a cryptozoologist uh, named Ivan T. Sanderson. Um, it's um. It's an acronym for out of place artifacts. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Basically, um. They they look for it's it's basically anomaly hunting. Right. They, yeah. they find um they find uh, little uh, uh little things uh in you know uh, the uh, artifacts from the past or whatever, and uh, they they hone in on some sort of uh, detail of that and they say those ancient people couldn't have created this or you know, some other reason why this must have been uh, um aliens that uh, that did this and uh, they uh, they just collect them they collect these lists of ooh parts right like the was it the baghdad battery that's probably one of the most famous ones right the baghdad battery oh yeah yeah that's uh yeah i guess that would be classified as an uh ooh part right there right and um that it that's, sounds um, it sounds good wow a battery like a duracell or something right yeah but uh you know there there are alternative explanations and uh you know uh you can't just uh, just uh, say, "Oh, it must have been a battery." Uh, right. You know, it's um, but, but there's... it's not a battery. It doesn't look like a little metal battery, right? It's... No, no, it doesn't. It uh, it's just um, a speculation. If this was filled with uh, um, this sort of substance or whatever, it could have possibly held a current. Right, right. It's kind of like a little couple of clay pots, like a one clay pot and another clay pot, or something like that. And... Yeah, something like that. Um, I uh, I haven't uh, done a lot of looking into the Baghdad battery myself. Okay. All right. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it's a couple of claims. And there's like a little, I think it's a little copper part to it, right? Someone sort of speculates that, you know, if you crushed up some sort of alkaline, like, grapes or something, you know, it would generate a little bit of a current or something. And, you know, yeah, and then they could, they could hook up their ancient light bulbs to it and see what they were doing <laughs> in the dark. Yeah, yeah. I think someone then sort of extended that to the idea that, oh, they, therefore they knew how to electroplate things. So most of the things we think are like solid gold artifacts are actually probably just electroplated. And you're like, what? <laughs> Wouldn't there be a difference in weight, you know? You, wow. Yeah, you'd think somebody could uh, could figure that out, right? Yeah. This solid gold coffin is really easy to lift. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, there, there's a lot of uh, really fascinating uh, uh, stuff uh, to go through. Like even in just uh, the um, uh, the evident the the very first episode of the uh, ancient alien show, the evidence. I mean, um, they, they've got uh, these. Um, uh, it, was, it was good they led with their evidence. Oh yeah, it, yeah. That's a it makes it handy for me. I can uh, look at this. This must be their best evidence. So yeah, uh, that's what I want to want to look at, right? Yeah. I guess we should we should note part your your blog, dumbass guide to knowledge. You're you're, you're yeah. kind of working through the TV shows, looking at all their bizarre claims and kind of kind of yeah, debunking their claims, right? Sort of. Yeah, I'm uh, going through uh, through the the show uh, one. Uh, uh, one episode, at, not one episode, one uh, segment of the episode at a time, just going through the evidence show. I've written uh, five articles on it now. I'm uh, a little more than halfway through. Yeah. These are, this isn't like a half-hour episode. These are like two hours or something, aren't these shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like two, they're like two hours, and um, um, yeah, they're, they're broken up into little segments, uh, supposedly about different things, but uh, 
uh, you know, like the first three were just about uh, trying to prove that they could fly. Yeah. Yes. And so it's it's like you know, but uh, but they they uh, they have different segments of it, and I I go through each one. They're about ten minutes each, and I uh, ha- I look at uh, all the claims made in each one. Okay. So. Well, yeah, what, is, yeah. What, what are some of the claims you sort of looked at, and what are the problems with them? Well, um, uh, one of my favorites is the Vimanas, um, which is um, uh, the um, this is, is an idea, and um, Vimana comes comes from um, an Indian term, okay, um, which is uh, you know. Can, can be uh, mean like a chariot or a bunch of other stuff, but you know, in in Hindu mythology, it has been used to refer to um, uh, flying chariots that the gods flew around in, and this, of course, is the is the germ of the idea, the seed, the the launching point for the idea. Hey, these were alien spacecraft. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, so um, uh, you you see on uh, on the uh, documentary there's a Oh, there there are um, ancient uh, Sanskrit documents uh, from six thousand years ago, uh, telling us uh, that uh, uh, of these uh, vimanas and everything and uh, how they work. And and then uh, you do the research and you say to yourself, oh, hold on a second, uh, uh, they Sanskrit didn't exist six thousand years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. And, yeah, that, that's a big problem. Uh, it turns out uh, what they've got is this um, uh, this book called uh, uh, the Vimanika Shastra, and um, it's um, you know, they they claim it uh, as being ancient, but but really it was written in, down in like the 1920s. Um, what happened was they um, uh, they the, it was written down by some Hindu mystic. Okay. Who was who channeled some some uh, ancient guy? Ah, uh, okay. Um, and uh, so he got he got uh, the details of this, and and it's really interesting to look at the, this stuff because um, you you look at because they've they've got uh, drawings of what uh, what these uh, vimanas looked like, um, and um, it's you know stuff straight out of the nation of Jules Verne, pretty much, you know. Um, one of them, my favorite, is the Shakuna Vimana. <laughs> uh, have, have you seen you've seen the picture of the Shakuna Vimana? No, no. What does it look like? Oh, it's a it's a it's a wonderful thing. It's um, you 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 might as well call it something like a Professor Crumplebottom's fantabulous <laughs> contraption or something like that. It's <laughs> it, it's like this um, it, it's this big wooden thing. It's like a you know, shape of a boat, but it's got wings on the side. Okay. These wooden wings. That that are attached to hinges so that they flap, and got the this turret up the center that's uh, you know uh, different uh, layers that are rotated. It's it's marvelous. Uh, this this mystic, I mean, he totally should have sued like the whole steampunk genre. <laughs> you know, it's like taking GURPS steampunk <laughs> rules collection. Take those people publish that. Take them to to court or uh, something. I guess he was the original steampunk guy, though. I mean, this was uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this was uh, um, early uh, nineteen nineteen uh, teens or nineteen twenties, I think maybe. Uh, All right, uh, down here somewhere. But anyway, um, yeah, um, I, I've got a picture of it uh, on uh, on the article in my blog. Um, you can see this uh, Shakuna Vimana. It's a uh, um, 
Yeah, and it's got a propeller at the front too. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm reminded of I think in Van Van Dyken, Van Dyneken. I can never pronounce anything. His uh, one of his his book, he had some picture of a um some sort of carving. It was like kind of like a V shaped something, and he said, "Oh, this looks just like the modern, you know, Delta." dagger jet fighter we're talking the 1960s right so you know this you know this delta dagger jet fighter was you know the, the state-of-the-art kind of jet fighter then but you know you would look back now and look at uh, you know a, a delta dart jet fighter and go you know with our f-35s and stuff like that you go Ooh, that's not really that state-of-the-art is it and, and so you know you're right it, it, they're always sort of looking at the technology of today and going, wow, space aliens must have had the technology of today, you know, be it 1920s, 1960s, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, they're, they're constantly uh, interpreting everything they come up, they come across in light of uh, uh, a modern understanding. I mean, um, I've already mentioned about uh, how they, uh, uh, they um, go through things uh, from the Bible to try and find, uh, um, you know, things that look like they might be uh, – um, if from aliens and stuff they just they just take the parts of the story that uh, that they like about that and just pretty much ignore everything else right in so, order to yeah. in order to come come up with their story about this yeah well, oh yeah it's just it's amazing the space aliens right they just have like 1920s or you know 20th century apollo technology you know, it would be awesome if uh, if the aliens were actually traveling around in like uh, the monica shastra just uh uh, flying through, I mean uh, that that would make a great alien movie, right? Monica Shastra flying flying down the aliens, taking to your leader. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, one one of your blog posts, uh, you know, one of the episodes they they had, um, they were like building like little scale models of the. You know, they found like uh, what they're saying were like almost like model airplanes in uh, in something they found, and you you you, you, you devote a lot of time in your blog to sort of like looking at these. These uh, you know airplane like things they found. And... Oh yeah, that's uh, that's from the from my first article. The I uh, the just in my uh, uh, podcast that I released about that. I uh, I went over that first article and talked about uh, those. Uh, you're talking about uh, the Sakara bird and um, right, right. and those Tolima artifacts from uh, Colombia. Right. Right. Yes. Um, which are which are very interesting. They uh, they find um, this uh, this wooden bird in Sakara, Egypt, in a tomb. And uh, it's kind of strange. It's uh, it's got its wings are straight and it's got a vertical tail. And um, you know uh, nobody thinks much of it at first, but then they start to question it. And uh, some people are saying, "Oh, it, it could have been uh, a model for an actual glider." They they so they took this thing, they put it, they um, made a, a scaled up model of it, put it in a wind tunnel, and they say. Look at that! It has some aerodynamic uh, qualities to it, like, and uh, then they they go on to say uh, um, that maybe the ancient Egyptians had uh, big uh, versions of these that seated people, and they launched them with catapults. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the poor guy that has to like you know beta test that? Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I uh, I can't see uh, anybody getting uh, getting any. Um, decent uh control launching a uh, a glider with a catapult really it uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me yeah. but but it's remarkable someone has made a model of a 
bird and it has certain aerodynamic qualities. Yeah, that's right. And uh, there, there are some other theories that some people have said that it could be a weather vane, I've heard. Um, with, with that, that's a possibility. There, there's, um, there's a notch on the tail where um, where a stabilizing rudder could have been put in place. It could have been uh, possibly a, uh, a gliding toy that uh, children might have thrown around uh, like a paper airplane. That, that's certainly a possibility. Um, but, of course, you know, that's not evidence that uh, they had uh, large human-seated versions of these. Right, right. You know, what I always find amazing is, you know, there's all these, you know, like the out-of-place artifacts and, and you know, it's like, oh, this is evidence of ancient technology and stuff like that. But, you know, for every Baghdad battery or little toy glider thing they find, you know, they, they never find, like, the tools, the high-tech tools that make it, like the, you know, the laser guns or the, you know, the melto rays and stuff like that. They, they never find anything like that. I mean, no, that, that's because the aliens took those home with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what was his name? Uh, you know, Ken Ken Fader, the, the archaeologist Ken Fader. Oh yeah, yeah. His yeah. Uh, the one with the with the book, um, fraud, um, missing missing mysteries in archaeology or something, or frauds. Something right. like that. Yeah. Well, he always sort of says, you know, that when you, you know, he's always saying, don't don't look at the structure. Like first, you know, look around. Like look at the evidence of, you know, the 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 camps that were built to house the workers. Like you know, their waste dumps and stuff like that. You know, and if you're not seeing any of that around, then that structure may not be, you know, it might not be a real structure. It just may be, an, you know, a, a, a geological feature or something. You know, you, you you start, and when so when people are always like, oh, there's a stepped pyramid, you know, under the ocean in Japan, or there's a pyramid in, you know, in Bosnia or something like that, they're they're not doing what real archaeologists are doing, or looking at, well, what's the civilization around this thing that would, be, how did they they build it, kind of thing. So, yeah, um, and uh, that's uh, that's one thing you got to take uh, the things uh, shown by these ancient cultures. You got to take them in their own context. Right, right. I mean, uh, you you can't uh, just uh, apply our our own uh, context or our own time period onto uh, ancient cultures. You got to look at it from their from their own perspective first. Another thing too, I found you, got, you also got to. Uh, there's a lot of exaggeration that goes on. Like I remember sort of debating this one uh, Hare Krishna guy who was talking about not Machu Picchu, but some another one of these. Like there's a city on top of a mountain, and how could they have possibly built that if you know not space aliens with their you know their hover transports and stuff and and he's talking about all these like 500 ton all these 500 ton you know slabs of stone up there and, and but when you go back to the you know the actual academic research there are no 500 ton slabs of stone like there's one 90 ton slab of stone <laughs> you know but but in the retelling these things you know it gets bigger and bigger and more and more and, and and it sounds impressive but you always have to go back to the original research and which I find Google Books is just is wonderful for that because there's a lot of you know books online like you know scans that are almost complete that you can just enter in keywords and you can you can find all this stuff on google books oh yeah i mean uh, uh i've i often come across uh, books with uh, interesting information for my articles that uh, uh i reference to them and it's uh, it's very helpful yeah yeah uh regarding um uh moving stones um the yeah the I actually uh, went into that a little bit uh, in uh, in one of my articles uh, talking about uh, the, the this is one of the main ones that they're all about uh, how could the ancient uh, 
Egyptians or whoever have moved these multi-ton blocks. Right. Right. Um, and, um, you know, most of the blocks, uh, for the pyramids were about, uh, um, uh, two to four tons, I believe. And, um, you know, the, but, uh, they start talking about these blocks that are, um, 200 tons that are there and everything. And, uh, you know, so, you know, there, there are a lot of, uh, really, really big blocks. I mean, uh, um, but, uh, the fact is that, uh, you know, if you got a lot of people pulling, uh, you can move <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Well, then I think there's some place in, uh, in uh, England or something where they were trying to, like, you know, they sort of carved out a big stone, like one of the stones in Stonehenge and, and Stonehenge, and they were going to, like, sort of try to move it, you know, from this quarry where they thought the stone was quarried, you know, to a distance where Stonehenge would have been. And, and they started moving it, moving it, and then a lot of people stopped helping. And then, you know, it was down to three guys and it somehow slipped into a lake and now it's at the bottom of a lake or something. It was all part of like some big millennium project or something. And, and I, I kind of, I met one time, I met a guy from this town and I was asking him about it and, uh, and he didn't really want to talk about it. I guess it's quite an embarrassment or something. Oh yeah. We just, we don't have the will to move those kind of blocks uh, today. No. <laughs> um, we we don't we don't have the will to to move uh those those big multi-ton uh, hundreds of tons stone blocks um because uh, we don't have any need for them no yeah. uh we 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 consider it kind of a waste of time but back then you know that that was uh the way they showed uh power and you know they 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 had the power to get um hundreds of men together to pull these blocks and that's what they did and uh, it took a lot of time a lot of effort um but uh you know to to them it was worth it and uh the ancient people they had the power to organize that kind of manpower yeah especially if too if it's like you know do this and you'll ensure a good harvest and you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons why people would do something like that other than well we have to build a, an airport for space aliens right <laughs> yeah yeah um because you know space aliens are you know completely unable to get their robots to build anything for themselves or anything. Yes, yes. So that's, that's they, they're messing around with humans working with stone, right? So, Wow. This ancient alien show, what's, uh, what's kind of like the most egregious thing they've, they've, they've claimed? The most egregious thing? Well, um... Like what really, really gets you hot under the collar. Like for me, when they were sort of talking about how, you know, DNA could not have evolved, and I think they were even sort of bringing like... One of the guys who who've discovered DNA, Watson or Crick or something like one of those guys has has a bit of a uh, you know uh, you know panspermia hypothesis, you know that 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 maybe uh, you know life originated from outside of the Earth, and 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 then they 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 claim that he claimed you know the, the old uh, you know uh, tornado going through a junkyard producing a seven forty seven like like as if like what was Crick I think as if that Crick claimed that you know and I'm thinking no, I don't think Crick is the one who coined that the idea of you know that uh, you know evolution is like a tornado going through a junkyard and forming a seven forty seven by chance like I, I don't think Crick would think well I these biochemical processes are just purely random and there's no selection involved whatsoever but that 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 claim really made me hot under the collar but it, it was what, what anything really make you hot under the collar i'm not sure if anything made me hot under the collar um but uh, there there are there are a number of things 
that uh, uh, really confused uh, confused me for uh, quite a bit. Um, there was this uh, this uh, one um, thing, uh, a quote by uh, Giorgio Tsoukalos that, that I had uh, I had trouble figuring out for the longest time, and um, uh, it uh, it had to do with um, uh, I'll, I'll read out uh, his quote for Sorry. you because uh, uh, I've got I've got it here. Um, just uh, yeah, it says uh, there exists one very concise description of how these massive stones were transported from the quarry to the building site. The master builders had the cap- capability of putting some type of white substance, paper-like substance, onto the stones. And they wrote on it, and they basically gave the stones a, the stone blocks a push, and it moved by six feet as if by magic. <laughs> and I ha- I I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and and uh, and it confused me so much. I even tried emailing uh, Giorgio Tsukalos to see if he could clarify that. He uh-huh. never got a response from him. Um, but I, I think uh, I think I figured figured it out. Um, uh, I think. Uh, um, uh, after thinking about it for a little while, I think he was actually talking about uh, um, Shinto paper charms. Okay. And, and you might have seen these on anime. They're they're also called ofuda. Um, they're just, they're these uh, thin sheets of paper with uh, Japanese writing on it or Chinese writing on it. Um, and um, I've I've got this picture uh, of uh, uh, Sailor Mars holding one <laughs> in her hand. <laughs> um, I guess she helped build the pyramids. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they're uh, in uh, in folklore. There, they have uh, magical effects or whatever, right? And I guess that's probably what he was going off of in in uh, in anime and the like. That uh, they they do all these magical things with them, but usually they're just like good luck charms or whatever. Anything else? <laughs> anything else you want to cover? Or? Oh, uh, there are there are a number of things. I mean, mm-hmm. um, the um, the ancient alien proponents are uh, really fond of the um, Nazca lines, for one. Right. Okay. Which, uh, they say they were. They like to say that they were uh, ancient uh, airstrips. Right. And um, of course, you know what they what they don't tell you is that a lot of them are like a meter apart, and uh, they go through gullies and things like that. They're <laughs> all over the place, crisscrossing uh, in no real organized fashion. And it's like you know, this is this was their airport, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then and then they've got uh, they've got these uh, drawings in the sand, like the hummingbird or the monkey. And uh, and you just imagine these uh, aliens come coming down, going, "We require that you draw us a big ass line drawing of a monkey in the sand." Yeah, they can. Right. Yeah, they, I mean, they can sort of you know solve three body problems and navigate all the way across the galaxy to Earth. But that that last ten feet, they 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 need some lines on the ground. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That that. Yeah, they said it's what, that these things are markers for navigating or or whatever too. That's one of the the theories, and it's like you know, well, why would they need that? <laughs> they wouldn't, right? It's just, yeah. it's it's like, have you seen the monkey yet? <laughs> I know. Take a right at the monkey. Not the. I see a gorilla. No, they'll take a right at the monkey. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no. Yeah. And and there's just a there there's a lot more weird stuff. I guess it's too much to get into into your uh, podcast. How, how many episodes of this ancient aliens, uh, ancient aliens show is there? there, there? I, I'm not sure exactly how many episodes. I think um, I, I think it's in the single digits for a season. I'm not I'm not exactly sure of that. 
Um, I've just been covering the very first one, the evidence. Right. It, it takes a long time to work through all of it. Like, it's this claim after claim after claim, right? So. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. especially when when you're interested in actually getting stuff right, you know, you got to look stuff up, and it's yeah. it's a whole lot of hard work. Not yeah. not for them. They just they, they just got to make these claims. They don't have to um, see whether any of them are actually true or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I was uh, sort of interviewed the Canada. Well, you're in Canada, so I don't know if I claim you know Canada. Do you know it's a country, Canada? Dear listeners, but uh, the Canadian uh, TV station, cable station called Vision, they're, they're sort of starting this like conspiracy uh, TV show, and uh, so I was the token skeptic for a couple episodes, and, and the host he sent me a list of questions about the Fed and the One World Government, and and it's just a lot of stuff, and 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 I, like it took me like an hour to research each question, pretty much, and going oh. And they, oh, the, and I bet they hardly used anything of what you told them, right? Oh, I, it hasn't aired yet, so I'll let. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, I think we each each show like they interview me for half an hour, and they're probably gonna if they use five minutes, I'll you know I'll I'll, I'll eat my keyboard, but uh, yeah, but the, like, there's one question they asked me about you know you know Kissinger, you know he, all these claims about depopulation in this national security memo, and I go and I find the uh, the original na- you know, national security memo online, like on the Nixon library site, and it's nothing like what the conspiracy people are claiming. Someone's just sort of kind of, you know, meta-quoted it and, and, and just what made it sound even more, you know, made it sound really scary. So where he's talking about oh, yeah, birth uh, control. They, okay. they, do, they do that kind of thing because uh, they know that nobody's going to really check up on them. People are going to listen to this and they'll accept it as fact and repeat it and they're not going to go look at the original source for themselves. Exactly, yeah. So, it's, so yeah, you, you, you know, you've, got, you've really sort of you know, built yourself some, you know, career, uh, big career there. <laughs> you know? well, yeah, it takes I mean, a lot uh, of time to research this stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been having, I've, I've been having a lot of fun. But each one of those, uh, those times that I uh, tackle a new thing and a new segment of the show, it takes a lot of time to put that together. Exactly. Now, do, do you find you, you, you learn a lot? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a very uh, interesting learning experience. Um, uh, you know, I've. Uh, learned a lot of things uh, studying this stuff, and uh, uh, I pass on what I learned uh, to everybody else on my uh, on my blog. Right, so it's it's very interesting stuff, and it's it's uh, fascinating. Um, you you ask uh, what's my favorite cons- conspiracy theory? Um, uh, before uh, uh, I you know started this, I, I didn't really uh, didn't really think about it, but now that I'm getting into it, and uh, ancient aliens has uh, you know. I've gotten so far uh, into this type of thing. It it really has become my favorite uh, conspiracy theory. Yeah, you know, I, I find because a lot of times people sort of say like, you know, why are you working so hard? You'll never convince the true believers. And and my point is always like, I don't I don't care. You know, I I just want to learn. You know. How do we know what we know? You know, it's like how come how come archaeologists aren't looking at this and going, you know what? It must have been space aliens that built you know Machu Picchu or something. And you know how come they're not thinking that? And you go and you learn and you go, oh, oh, I I, I didn't realize that there's you know this is how we know what we know. Are you finding this? Well, yeah, I uh, find uh, some uh, a lot of uh, really interesting stuff, um, and. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is really interesting to learn. And, um, you know, the re- the reason I, I put uh, this stuff out there um, isn't really to um, uh, to get to the true believers. I hope I get to some true believers, but um, 
Really, I, I just think that uh, this kind of uh, material deserves to be uh, handled and out there for people who are looking for it. Right, yeah. yeah there's a lot, a lot of fence centers. Right? There's a lot of people just they've, – they've, they've, they don't hear another sort of logical explanation. And they go, this is – well, this is the only one out there, so this must be true, right? Oh, yeah. I mean um, th- that's uh, the, the great thing that you can do with the internet and uh, running a blog these days is um, – you know, you can uh, you got some information, you can put it out there and, uh, you know, actually look into these kind of things. Whereas before, you know, I, I know um, back in the 90s when uh, they came out with that uh, documentary on uh, on why the uh, moon landing, uh, they said, was a hoax. Right. And I, I remember watching that and uh, and thinking to myself, uh, um, you know, I well, that, was, that sounds reasonable. Right, uh, right, every, yeah. Everything, everything that they're saying sounds reasonable. I, I couldn't quite bring myself to really uh, believe it, but it's like uh, I didn't have uh, any alternative to get any other answers, right? Right, exactly, right. There's a certain sort of level where you're kind of going, that's, I know, that can't be true, but I don't know why that's not true, and it can be frustrating. Yeah, definitely. And um, so, um, you know, when, you, when you're on the internet and... Uh, uh, you can you can actually do research into these kind of things, find original documents in a lot of cases, and uh, uh, figure out uh, how the the way things are. And um, you know, if you got a blog, you can post it on there, and uh, it'll get into the search engines. People will search it. I mean, uh, I get a whole lot of search engine hits from people looking up uh, information about ancient aliens, and um, uh, that's really gratifying to know that they're they're actually getting uh, this information from me. I'm I'm actually a source on this. Good. You know. Okay. Any what's uh any po- positive feedback sort of? Oh, I've got I've got uh, gotten a, a lot of positive feedback. Um, a lot of, a lot of positive feedback. Some not so positive feedback. Uh, you can look through the comment section uh, on my blog uh, to see some of it. But um, yeah, some people also uh, send me emails uh, saying how much they appreciate uh, what I do. It's uh, uh that that's gratifying too. Okay. What's what's uh what's a one piece of positive feedback and one piece of negative feedback that sort of sticks out. Well, positive feedback. Uh, let's see. Um, I've had several people uh, uh, come in and uh, and say, um, uh, you know, um, you're just agreeing with me that uh, they uh, they enjoy the um, they, they 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 think the History Channel is going to hell and. Uh, <laughs> And that, uh, yes. that uh, like, thank you. I've been looking for for somebody to uh, uh, elucidate all of this, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I get that, and that that's just great. And then um, other people, well, there there are people. Um, one, one of the common uh, complaints I get uh, uh, whenever I whenever I get uh, people who uh, don't like things I say, um, I I never get people who actually um, point out anything that I got wrong for some uh, reason. Yes. Uh, they, they 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 seem silent on that. They just uh, they don't like my attitude, I guess. But um, I get I get a lot of um, objections. Like um, you know, a, a lot of it is um, well, okay. And sometimes they even agree with me on certain points. They're like, okay, this part is silly, but but what about this? Uh, I mean, there there is evidence out there. You're just uh, you're you're not co- covering it, you know? Right, right, yes. And and so that that's because there's just uh, so much stuff out there. I can't cover cover it all. I've, I'm covering progressively more of it, of course. Now, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. The whole ancient alien thing is like it's like the gish gallop on steroids, kind of. <laughs> oh yeah, pretty much. And um, I get people. Uh, the most recent um, negative comment I got, uh, um, uh, some guy. Uh, well, he just uh, wrote. Uh, he said. Uh, you're a dumbass, that's for sure. And 
and uh, and yeah, uh, that that was just one post. And I'm like, I, I'm not sure why he thinks he can insult me by calling me a dumbass. I, I call myself a dumbass on the on the blog, but um, uh, then uh, he wrote. He actually uh, decided to follow up on that. He um, he quoted me where I say we can't attribute everything we don't know to some unknown force like aliens just because we want to. And his response to that was, so why can you discredit the notions just because you want to? You can't have your cake and eat it too, dumbass. <laughs> Zing, he got you. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. uh, the, straight through the heart right there. I mean, wow. Uh, but uh, but I make the point that um, I, I'm not uh, I'm not discrediting any notion just because I want to. I'm looking at the evidence and seeing whether it adds up. And um, I'm not uh, uh, I'm not making any counterclaims uh, about uh, anything that I don't have evidence for. I'm just saying uh, if you want me to believe in ancient aliens, uh, then show me the evidence that'll convince me. And uh, if the evidence isn't good, I just want to point that out. One one final question before I, I ask you the the closing questions, but um, I think it was like Ken Ken Fader in one of his various interviews. He, he he's like a you know archaeology professor, and uh, and he says like his students like the, they really want to know all about ancient aliens and stuff like that. They seem really really interested and really fascinated by this whole idea, and, and so he just likes to have a class apparently where he just just get these questions out there right now. Let's just talk about this right now. Like, cause he knows that's what they're thinking about. And, and so what, well, why, why do, why do people, in, in your opinion, why do people have such kind of like a fascination with this whole ancient alien hypothesis? Like, like, you, you know, why don't, why don't people sort of find it more comforting that, wow, you know, our ancestors using very primitive tools solved a lot of complicated problems versus, versus they just like the idea of like, Wow, space aliens came down and told these dumbasses how to do it. Like, what? what what's the appeal? Well, um, I think you've got to admit that uh, the idea that aliens visited us in the ancient past is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's a that's a cool idea, and I suppose uh, if uh, if you believe in uh, aliens otherwise, uh, you might uh, uh, jump from that to conclude that uh, hey, there might be something to aliens visiting us in the past. Um, uh, I don't know uh, what uh, would be uh, beyond that, the cool factor, what, what, what it would be beyond that. Maybe there's some sort of psychological need there, but uh, uh, I really don't know much about that. But it is a really cool theory, a, a really cool idea, right? Okay. All right. It's just, it's just the coolness factor. Now that, that's a, well, that's what I take it as. I, I think that uh, the ancient alien uh, theory that uh, aliens visited us in the ancient past, I mean, that is a pretty cool theory. Yeah, okay. All right, good. All right, good. Is Gurm? Did I pronounce your name right? Gurm? Yeah, good. Yeah, uh, you can uh, call me Gurm. Call Gurm. me call me dumbass if you want or whatever. <laughs> no, Gurm, okay. All right. So uh, I'll ask you the final question. Um, what's your What's your favorite small kitchen appliance? Uh, that would be the toaster oven. The toaster oven, okay. What do you, what do you like to cook in the toaster oven? Um, well, um, I, I, like the, I like toaster ovens because, um, you know, um, I don't. Uh, I, I think the for me the oven is generally just a waste. But sometimes uh, I'd like to have, uh, um, you know, crispy uh, um, fish sticks or something, right? Okay, right. And right. it's like a, a waste to just put them in the oven, and it That's takes true. up too much energy. And uh, just uh, toaster ovens are great for that kind of thing. Cool. Is is your is your wife a good cook? I'm the one who does most of the cooking in my house. Oh well, that's nice. Yeah, that's the way I'd want to run it be like i'll take the kitchen you take the living room (laughs) 
right? Oh, good. Okay. All right. So now, where can people find your your blog? And you you do a, you're kind of doing a podcast now in parallel. Yeah, I just, I just started a, doing a podcast. Uh, see how it turns out. Um, I uh, I've released uh, the um, first um, article uh, on uh, ancient aliens that I did uh, over as a podcast. Okay. Uh, which uh, um, that took up about uh, 16 minutes. Um, I'm planning on uh, fiddling around with Azuna, but um, uh, releasing uh, more in the future and fiddling around with the format or whatever. But uh, um, I've got uh, two episodes out. Uh, only uh, the second one is um, is uh, more substantial, dealing with uh, the uh, ancient aliens, and I'm uh, seeing how it goes right now, seeing uh, what response I get. I've already had uh, over a hundred downloads of the uh, ancient alien episode, actually. That's good. Okay. Which is nice. Right. What's, um, what's, what's the URL? To yeah, your... the URL is dumbassguide.info. Dumbass guide. Dumbass. Dumb, dumb, dumbassguide.info. Good. Okay. All right. I'll obviously put a link to it on, on the site. And do you do you do you drink beer? Uh, no, I don't drink beer. Oh, okay. So if because uh, you know I, I, my listeners, uh, I, you know I'm trying to ask them don't don't give me anything, don't send me anything. But if you ever encounter one of my uh, one of my guests, by, by, please buy them a beer, buy them buy buy them some beverage. If you were to meet, you went to like a some sort of skeptics event, and you were to meet a someone goes, oh, you're the guy who was on the show. What, what could what could they buy you? Some sort of uh, Irish cream liquor, I guess, would be nice. Oh, like a Bailey's or something. At, like, like a Bailey's, yes. Yeah, that's de- that's definitely worth. Uh, that, yeah, that's definitely worth. I maybe even let somebody buy me Bailey's. I think. <laughs> 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 okay, good. All right, Graham. All right, so so your 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 poison is Bailey's on the rocks <laughs> or in a coffee or. Um. Just, just uh. Yeah, on the rocks. That's nice. All right, cool. Okay then. All right then. Uh, all right. Well, thank, thanks. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Okay, and uh, don't don't uh, stay warm and uh, don't don't go crawling down into snowbanks when they're when they're clearing the snow. Uh, I'll do my. Oh, okay. All right. Have a good night. <laughs> you too. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.